Howdy, howdy, y'all. I am Curtis Sunset, back with a new episode on this Weathering Rainbows Wednesday. Today we have a guest from Evansville, Indiana, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from where I grew up in McLean County, Kentucky. Um, he is an art major. Uh, he actually designed our Weathering Rainbows logo. Uh, that we use for the show, so go get your merch uh, of that logo on our Tee Public page. Um, we are very appreciative of him and look forward to hearing about his story. Um, it's probably going to be very similar to my own growing up in this area. Uh, our guest today is William Rodenberg, and William, can you introduce yourself to the world? Yeah. Hi, I'm William uh, Rodenberg. Um, I'm from Evansville, Indiana. Um, I grew up there, and I'm still living there. Um uh, William, you, I know that you grew up uh, Catholic, and yes. you first went to Catholic schools. What was that experience like growing up? Um, honestly, it wasn't as terrible as you'd think it would be. Um, I did get picked on, of course, made fun of for being gay. I mean, I didn't really know that I was gay at the time, and honestly, that wasn't really a concept that was like um, very like normal to me. I, I just didn't realize what it was, you know, right. the first time I really ever like heard of the word gay or just like the, the term, it was when someone asked me if I was, when I was like playing baseball, like I was like six and they asked me if I was a faggot and I was just like, wow. And I was just like, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. So I asked my dad later that day and he had kind of told me what it meant and I was just like, Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> right. I, six like, years old. Yeah. yeah uh, probably six, seven, eight, whatever. But either way. Um, so at what age did you finally come to terms with the fact that you were gay? Um, I think I always really knew. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember a time where like I thought girls were like super awesome and like I wanted to date them you know like <laughs> yeah. I thought they were super awesome because I thought they were like pretty and cool and I wanted to hang out with them but I've always kind of liked guys I think like right as far as I can remember you know so four five six I mean did you have that uh like coming out experience or was it just like a natural uh flow I guess um it was definitely a coming out experience um I remember saying things to my dad about like my coach being hot and like stuff like that and him being weird about it and telling me like never say that again. And, um, those are kind of the only like little things that I remember. Um, but I remember I was with my, I was at my mom's house and, um, it was just like on my mind weighing heavy on me. You know, you know how it is. Like mm -hmm. you just want to tell somebody you don't want to tell everybody you're gay because it's like, that's just who I am, you know? And it's like, there's no reason for me to hide it really. Um, so I was with my mom at my mom's house and I had like my bag packed because I just wasn't sure how she was going to react. And it's just like, I live, yeah, I like live in Evansville. So it's, there's a bunch of like hillbillies. I, I don't want to say hillbillies, right. but you know what I mean? Like the word fag and like, gay and all that's just used so negatively and um definitely i mean growing so, up growing up in this environment you do get that a lot in terms of uh you know i'm it's all just growing ignorance up in, really i mean just people are just ignorant to it they don't they just don't 
it's just not normal to them, so they just don't understand. Right. I mean, anyone could tell you that, but... Um, and they utilize those terms, you know, for the negative. So right. did you did you come out while you were, like, in Catholic school or once you reached public school? No, no, no. So I didn't come out till I was 15 in high school. Um, and that's what I was saying. I was at my mom's house. Um, and I had my bag packed. And I was, like, ready to go to my friend Orion's or whoever's because I was just, like, nervous and scared. And um, I walked down the stairs and I was just, like, crying already for some stupid-ass reason. And then I was just like, Mom, I need to talk to you. And... Um, yeah we just like went outside because I was crying and she's like are you okay I'm like I don't know like I think I am but like um and I was just like I'm gay and she's like okay and I was just like okay like so just kind of that uh that solemn acceptance I guess right and it wasn't even like disappointment like I thought it was gonna be she was just like okay with it like she was just she was just like it's what it is. Right. She's like, your uncle's gay. Like, I never told you that, but like, you could probably tell and I could, but, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, she never really had an issue with it. And the only thing is like, I felt, I felt like she maybe tried to keep it not secret, but you know, just didn't really want to talk about it a lot, which was okay with me at the time because I didn't really want to talk about it that much either. It was just a relief to be able to like tell my mom, like, Hey, I'm gay. And, you know, I had already told all my sisters and they obviously don't care, didn't care. Um, my, my family wasn't really super religious. I mean, I grew up, I grew up Catholic, but like my mom and my dad weren't super like driven by the Bible and like all the words and whatever. Like my grandma was, my grandma still just like has never had a conversation with me about being gay and it won't. First, I, I don't know why, but she won't ever. She, she doesn't ask me anything about it. and But she, like, loves God and loves Jesus, and that's just, that's her thing. So it's, As that conservative it's, upbringing, yeah. Right, and she's never going to change, you know, so it's whatever. So I think this is actually where, like, your and my story is going to be quite different. Is So I didn't come out till I was 20 in college. Mm -hmm. And you came out or started kind of coming out around the age of 15. And, you know, doing that in this area, obviously, you know, you probably did have some backlash in terms of from your friends or various people. What was that like? Um, I think that by the time that I came out, most of the friends that I had developed in high school already knew. And not because I told them, but just, well, I mean, I guess because I told them, but I mean, they just didn't care. You know, it, it right. just wasn't, it, it, we didn't have to talk about it, you know, and, um, now my best friend Maddie, she's gay too. So, I mean, it, it just came full circle, I guess, but, um, it's weird how we flock to other gays. Like, yeah, my, it is weird. <laughs> my best, best friend in high school, like he was gay too. And we didn't know really until high, until college that yeah. we both were, you know, right. so. Whenever you're LGBTQ in, in a rural area, obviously you don't have a lot of that same visibility that you would if you were growing up in, say, New York City. Or like L.A. Or, right. Yeah. And like obviously like with Netflix and different things, like a lot of that is coming about here. But uh, what was your experience like? Like what type of visibility did you have growing up of the gay community? I think that anything that I wanted to learn, I had to do on my own. I don't, and not, and I don't mean that in like a, a bad way. Like, I, I just feel like um, 
I wasn't taught anything about gay culture as a kid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have anyone around me that was gay. So, like, that was never... It was never something that I could just, um, like, latch on to somebody and, 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 like, ask them for help. Or, you know, it was... It was always me Googling or, you know, right. just like going to the internet to, to and, find that information, which is important as well, I think. You know, it's important to do. Um, because I bet that, you know, whenever you were in school, like you, you had to do a lot of this research on your own, but you probably had a sex education course or did you not have one at all because you went to Catholic school? I went or, to public school and we still didn't have sex education. Oh, really. man. I so, mean, it just what I mean, like... Half, I'm not, I'm not going to say half the girls in our school were pregnant, but, <laughs> but like, I mean, there was always, every year, there was one or two girls, you know what I mean, in our class that were pregnant. I mean, right. we weren't, I don't know why we weren't having those conversations. I mean, and they didn't even have to be about being gay, like gay sex, you know what I mean? Like, right. we had like a health class, um, you know, we were taught how the body changes you know whatever whatever but like i never really had that kind of education ever i mean even for my parents i didn't you know what i mean like um yeah i mean i don't i feel like i had to learn a lot of that on my own um yeah and i think that's i think that's the case for a lot of kids be, in rural areas whether um, it be like books or magazines at the library or like <laughs> so you i know you're an artist what type of art do you do um I've always drawn. I've always painted. I've always um, just loved working with anything I can put in my hand and draw on paper or paint on paper or whatever, um, wood, anything. Um, I think that the design part came um, a lot later. I mean, obviously it did because that wasn't really something that I thought about doing until college, which is strictly career-based, you know what I mean? So I think that I was kind of trying to find um, a career out of my talent um, and and more of a career than just being an artist, just painting pictures and drawing pictures yeah. because, um, I mean, that's that's cool and all, and, I, and some people are really, really successful at it, um, and, but others aren't, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think... I just thought that graphic design to me would be much more marketable. Um, and I think that I'm good at it. So, um, and I think we would agree. Thank you. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, to answer your question, um, I mean, I've just always been into art. I do illustration. Um, most of the stuff that I do now is digital illustration. Um, or I'll just like draw in my sketchbook or something like that. But most, most of it's digital illustration or like logo making or my mutuals on Twitter are probably a big, um, have a big influence on me. And, um, I mean, they're not famous. I mean, I guess they kind of are, but, um, they're not, I mean, they're not in magazines or whatever, whatever, but I mean, they're normal people um, that have the same experiences that I do um, and, you know, some different. And um, it's cool to learn from them and to just be able to talk to them all the time. And um, I actually see that a lot with graphic designers uh, in terms of there's, it seems like they build a very tight community. I mean, online presence, they there's groups specifically for that. 
um, the graphic designer that actually does some of my photo work, he's always talking about, you know, how close that community is. Would yeah. you, would you say that? Uh, yeah, I would. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I personally have like a lot of graphic designer friends. Um, but there is like an Evansville design group, um, that is kind of meant to, um, give that kind of, you know, um, connection to other people or other artists, you know, and I was involved with it for a while, but I quit going to Ivy tech because I graduated and it, it was just, I just grew apart from it. But, um, I would say that they're pretty tight knit. I mean, they get together all the time and yeah. collaborate and have meetings and stuff. So, so one last question, influencers, and then we'll move on from this topic. Okay. Uh, so I noticed on Instagram uh-huh. that you met one of my favorite singers, uh, Lily Allen. Oh yes. So Tevin met her too. Yeah. So tell me a little about that experience. Like that was one of my undergrad, like favorites. <laughs> so. Yeah. Lily Allen. Um, yeah, I've loved her for years. Um, she, I mean that first album of hers was just so like spunky and, um, just, inappropriate and raw (laughs) and just fun and I just loved that energy um so being able to see her live as an adult I mean when I was uh, 22 23 I don't know when it was it was a couple years ago um but being able to see her now and especially after um her latest album which um was a lot more personal to her and um reflected a lot more of her personal life and emotional life um, I, I was really appreciative to be able to see her in that moment um, because she sang all of her old songs too. So that was cool. But Did you get to like talk to her or ask her any it questions? It was a very brief encounter yeah, um, because like... the meet and greet was very last minute. Right. She she was sick, I guess, and she didn't think that she was performing as well as she could. So she was like, "Fuck it! Like, <laughs> you can all you can all get your record signed. Like, I'll meet you, get a picture, like all of you." And so she did it. I mean, the whole, everyone lined up afterwards and we all got to meet her and it was awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous. She's one of my favorites too. I love her so much. <laughs> she just married um, that guy from Stranger Things, David Harbour. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know yeah, that. It was just random. Well, and isn't it like her brother was on like Game of Thrones, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the young Greyjoy. Yeah. yeah. So that's just she like a, a song about him, Alfie. Yeah. Just yeah. like a ridiculously talented family. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I wish like, my family was just that ridiculously talented. <laughs> All right. So I want to hop right into our hot segment, which okay. is our heap of trouble segment. So there is one story that comes to my mind, and I don't really, I mean, it's probably not going to be appropriate, um, but it's one that my dad likes to like tell um, because he's like father, you know, he's my dad, so he's really fatherly and emotional, and um, he... He tells the story a lot differently than I do because he thinks I don't know why he thinks he sees it or like I don't know why he thinks like it went it went this way when it went the other way but um, I was fifteen and I was talking to this man in um, Clarksville Tennessee and he was not um, he shouldn't have been talking to me. Um, he, yeah, he shouldn't have ever been talking to me. Um, but I would he, say not. You were 15 he, years old. But he old. was, <laughs> and um, he was at an age 
that wasn't appropriate at all. And um, so I was with him in Evansville, um, and um, I got a text from my dad that said, come outside. And I was like, because I'm in like a hotel room with this 28-year-old man, you know, and it's like... um, and I'm just, I'm having a great time because I'm 15 and I think that this man loves me or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And, and my dad texts me and he's like, come outside. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like, like my dad is outside of this hotel. And I'm like, I'm like, come outside where? He's like, you're at Orion's, right? My best friend was Orion at the time. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, but we went to like the East side to Walmart with his mom because she needed to do some things, you know? Right. So he's like, well, I'm coming to come. I'm going to come get you. And I was like, okay, well, um, okay, well, I'll be waiting here at Walmart, I guess. Um, so yeah, I was like in this hotel with this guy and I was like, we got to fucking go. We're like, you're going to jail. Like period. Right. Like you are going to jail. Like, like, or yeah, like you, you've got to drop me off at Walmart. <laughs> like my dad's on his way there now. Um, and honestly that was kind of a terrible moment for me because, um, looking back now, I, I wish I would have never even met that man. Um, and you know, it kind of, it kind of sparked a really like awful conversation with me and my dad. Um, because at the time I wasn't really out to him. I, I, had, I was only really out to my mom and I was only really comfortable talking about this stuff with my mom. Um, and um, so his idea, you know, of it was like, you're not going to be gay. Like you're, you're basically not allowed to do that. Um, like you're not gonna de- you're not gonna date a boy like that's just not how it's gonna go, um, and and keep in mind like he didn't even realize that I was with this older man you know what I mean like he had no idea he thought I was just with my friend Orion, um, so yeah I mean that that's kind of that kind of came from that and that kind of made me not like my dad for a while but um, in the end of it I mean he cared about me and he was trying to protect me and um i can respect that and i value that more than the man that i was with so um yeah that's uh honestly i think that's a very common occurrence in lgbtq culture is you know younger guys that you know are under the age of 18 that get on the apps get on stuff that then you know exactly and i and i and i like to like sometimes go into my head and think that it was like my fault because I was on the apps and like, I was the one that was like, you know, initiating those conversations and having those conversations with people that I shouldn't be. But like at the end of the day, it's like that happens all the time. And those grown ass men should have like realized that like, they shouldn't have been talking to me. So, and they should at least check an ID or something, you know, like that's, if you're that young, you're not going to look, uh, well, part of it is that they knew that I wasn't 18, which is even more weird, worse, (laughs) which is even far more weird than the latter. So, and I think that's something like, I just like to talk about one thing I think that LGBTQ plus culture is kind of missing. And I don't really know how to do it where it's a legal thing, but, 
it's I think it's difficult for you know kids that are under the age of eighteen. You know, you've got straight couples all through high school. Yeah. You've got you know, so you see that everywhere in high school, they're dating, they're you know, kissing the bleachers, all that kind of stuff. But that's, it's harder for gay kids where, to meet. I think that's where a lot of that stemmed from. You know, it's like all my sisters had boyfriends. Mm-hmm. All my sisters had someone on the weekend or whatever, weeknights, you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in like a weird sexual way, but like, you know, they had boyfriends, they had people to see. And, um, I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have a 17 year old boy at high at school, like wanting to date me. You know what I mean? Like it was this 30 year old man in Clarksville, Tennessee. Right. (laughs) So it, and maybe that's something like that, you know, this story kind of brought up to me that's missing out there is like there should be something to where, you know, high school age kids can uh, kind of meet other gay kids yeah, to I have agree. that type of relationship. Um, and I think that it also has to do with a lot with like parenting and just like because I feel like a lot of the problem is that kids don't want to admit that they're gay. You know what I mean? So it's right. like so even if they know that they are and even if they know that so-and-so in their class is gay, they're not going to, like, pursue that because they don't want... I mean, they don't want the backlash that comes from that, whether it be from the the other boys, the straight boys at their school, which happened to me a lot. I don't know why it was such a big deal to them that I was gay, but, like, they all just, like, wanted to know. You know what I mean? It's it's right. so weird. It's just, like, why do you guys even care so much? Like, it makes no sense. And they ended up bullying me less... After they knew I was gay than before. It's so strange. Uh, is there anything that you feel is like a common myth or like a false perception that a lot of people in this area has about the gay community? They tend to think that like gays like as a whole are stuck up. I think that like that's a lot of their own insecurity that they're projecting onto like the whole gay community because I've met some really awesome people um online and in different cities i feel like you know that kind of mentality will like leave you lonely you know it's right i feel like you're never gonna make friends if you just think that everyone is just like rude and stuck up and bitchy like like i had some guy at mo's house it was, it's a bar downtown in evansville i had some guy like come up to me and just tell me i was bitchy and i was like i've never even met you in my life <laughs> you know what i mean like right. and he's just like some drunk daddy and i'm just like yeah, just thanks I for don't thinking want, of him talking to I don't to you want you to buy me a drink. I'm fine with my hero with my friends. Like, I'm not stuck up. I think that's something about gay culture that, that does need to change. Like, I feel like a lot of times you have guys that try to make an advance on you by insulting you to start out with. Like, Yeah, I'm just like, no, that doesn't turn me on. Mm-hmm. And also, you're not turning me on. So it's like, this is like a double whammy. You know, right. it's, it's It's like, none of this is doing it for me, so... How has your, just, I know from my experience, how has your experience been in this area with the whole ghosting concept? I've been ghosted so many times. Um, and it's not even people from here. Um, I've been ghosted by people that I thought I was going to date for a really long time. I've been ghosted by people that I was supposed to fly to in two days, um, I've been ghosted by people that I was supposed to move into uh, with. Um, I've been ghosted by... And I think that's crazy. Like, it's... there's... 
for me there's no rhyme or reason for it it's just for me like you know because i got out and i went to louisville and then i went to atlanta and then i went to jacksonville and you know i've been around in bigger cities but when i came back that's whenever i really started noticing this whole ghosting trend becoming a huge deal i think that it's a big deal here because most if you go on the grinder right now you'll see that like yeah 50 percent of the profiles are blank absolutely you know what i mean and it's like half of them are like by curious or like married. i don't i don't want to say by curious <laughs> married like I'm yeah. sorry but yeah i mean they're they're typically married with kids because like that's like that's just what you do i mean mm-hmm. that's just how life is you know i mean and this is indiana it's you know you have the power to change your course whenever you want and if they wanted to be open about being gay or or liking men and women then they would have done it and bisexual men are that way and i wish that they weren't because i feel like that's why people are like being bisexual is not a thing you know i feel like that's why bi erasure is a thing and it shouldn't be but bisexual men in my experience only want to just have sex with men. They don't want to, they don't want to date men. You know what I mean? Like that's in my experience. I, I could see that being more in the rural areas, you know? Absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, Cause I mean, and, that, here, and that's like just in my experience, yeah. you know, and I've, you know, not lived anywhere, but here. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that could definitely be a rural thing for bisexual men. Cause they want that normalcy and being accepted in this type of community. Right. They don't want the hardship that comes along with having to tell somebody that you are attracted to the same sex. Um, I think it's also important to kind of flip that and talk about it from the standpoint of the ghosting aspect of, you know, why that you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, even if you're young and that's happened to you a lot, because I think a lot of times, like, we end up doing a lot of the things that were done to us. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, one of the big things I would want to put out there is, like, even if you've been ghosted, understand that, like, it's a lot easier to just tell somebody, hey, I'm not interested, or, hey, I've gotten to a relationship with somebody that's getting serious. Hey, you know, and people are going to respect that for the most part, and if they don't respect it, that's the point in which you can hit that alt-control-delete button in their life. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had ex- experience like that. I mean, very similar to that. Like, I mean, this guy was like so into me. It was weird, you know, but he was obviously not out. You know what I mean? He didn't, he never even told me that he was bi. You know what I mean? It was just like, I just like saw you on an app and like we hung out several, many times, you know? And, and that was the thing is like, it was always like he wanted more from me, but like he would block me all of a sudden, you know what I mean? And then text me three months later and be like, Hey, miss you. Or he'd just show up at my house throwing rocks at my window. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which is like, which is like all good and cute and whatever. Like whenever you're like 18, 19, you're like, Oh my God, he's like actually so in love with me. Like he threw rocks at my window. This is great. You know, but it's so damaging to like your mental health (laughs) to like, keep inviting someone back in your life that's like literally wants nothing to do with you essentially i mean except for the fact that you might just like give them head 
here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, sorry if that's inappropriate, no, but but like that's really all it was. You know, and it's like, why? Yeah, it's like why would you even act like you wanted anything out of this if 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 you knew that you didn't? I think sometimes that you know the blocking and stuff like that is almost. I mean, I think that they've got issues, obviously, because oh, that you he know has issues, yeah. But I think it could also be like just the intimidation factor of like, you know, we're all open about mm-hmm. our sexuality. We all are, you know, more than comfortable putting our face out there on, you know, something that says, "Hey, I'm gay," you know. But a lot of these men in rural areas, you know, they they're not comfortable doing yeah. that, and I think that we intimidate them so much that like, if you see them out in public, they're never going to say anything to you. Absolutely. You know, I'm at that point with this person at my gym. Mm -hmm. So frustrating. And you have to, you have to play to their level. Like, and it's, I think they're in a rural community. Like that's one of the big messages is we've got to stop doing that. I think too, like I understand like living in this area, like not wanting to come out fully, but I think a big message is, is like that still does not give you the right to disrespect gay members that are out fully by playing these games. Like what, what happens? Yeah. And I don't think that that's always necessarily intentional. I think that it stems from obviously them being insecure and them not being comfortable with themselves and then them not knowing how to handle that, mm-hmm. you know, especially especially for someone that has always dated women. I mean, not me, but like putting myself in that perspective, you know, um, has always dated women. And then all of a sudden starts catching feelings for a guy. And is like, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't do that. And I feel like that's why they ghost you. I feel like that's why like you don't hear from them for three months and then they miss you or whatever. And then they, they hit you back up. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think that it's always meant to be malicious, you know, but it ends up being that way. I would agree. But I think they do that to so many younger LGBTQ plus, you know, type of individuals that then they end up thinking that that's an acceptable thing to do. Mm. So like, as you know, our show really targets gay youth in terms of, you know, teaching them the ropes and stuff. Well, one of the things is, is just because some, older man does this to you doesn't mean it's acceptable even you know in the community yeah uh let's go into our do's and don'ts segment i Mm -hmm. believe you've got three do's and three don'ts i know we've given a lot of advice already yeah a lot of my do's and don'ts are kind of like integrated into everything that we've said but i can still say them yeah give us a nice clear picture my big do's would be to prioritize your mental health um because I feel like, I mean, really all three of us can, can understand how like mean people can be. And I don't even mean gay people. Like I just mean like the world, you know, they're going to say things that are going to hurt you. Men are going to do things that are going to hurt you. You know, you were kind of saying work on yourself. That's one of the most important things you can do. You know, that's like taking time for yourself and like making sure that you're okay. And like, you know, just just all of those things, you know, and I feel like that's especially um, the case for gay people because a lot of them feel stuck um, and a lot of them don't think don't, don't they don't think that um, or they don't know that they have an endless supply of people that want to help them um, and want to see them grow as a person. Um, so whether that be talking to a therapist or 
or reaching out to somebody on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, um, you know, they don't even have to respond, but like sometimes just like saying what you need to say to somebody that that influences you or that like has helped you, you know, um, it just, it, it does things. One last piece on the mental health component and working through things. I think especially kids in rural areas, even if you go see a therapist, don't necessarily think that that therapist is the right therapist for you. Right. You know, there's a lot of therapists out there that, you know, still homophobic are homophobic. And so if, if, if you're getting those vibes, ask to go see another. Yeah. My next point kind of, it goes with the mental health thing, but it kind of goes with that. where like, make sure that the people in your life are people that are going to uplift you and support you and care about you. Because you don't, we don't have time to be giving people attention that are so toxic and that, you know, like your homophobic grandpa, like who gives a shit about him anymore? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, but like, I don't talk to my grandma for that reason, really. You know what I mean? And it's like, I would rather her not be in my life because she doesn't try to understand me. You know what I mean? She's never, like I said, she's never once asked me about being gay or, you know, if I'm dating anyone or, you know, any of that. So get, so those, I, get those toxic people out I think life. a good clear way to say that is no matter how much you love the song Toxic, we don't accept toxic people in our lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we love Toxic. Free Britney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Free Britney. <laughs> so my next point uh, would be to prioritize your sexual health. Um... Because I feel like, especially in the gay community, people don't like to wear condoms, and that's fine, Um, but be responsible about it. You know, like, especially for young people that don't understand what getting tested is. I mean, literally, they don't, you know, and luckily, like, I had, again, like, probably people I shouldn't have been talking to, but, like, when I was younger, but they still helped me get that kind of care. Um, I would say the big one is like, don't let anyone invalidate your experience um, as a gay person or trans person or whatever you are. You know, don't let people make you think you're otherwise whenever you know, um, I mean, in your heart, in your mind, that you're one way. You know, um, I feel like even gay men can be that way kind of toxic sometimes where um you know they they act like their experience um is either better or worse and maybe it is um but um everyone is going through their own struggle and um everyone is going through it differently so and there are many different types of sexuality and that's and i think yeah exactly and i think that that's what is also very important about being gay is like we all share this same experience um but we're all going about it different ways um and i guess straight people could say the same too but um being gay is just much more special i think um don't be afraid to reach out to people um I feel like a lot of the reason why younger kids commit suicide or um, tell themselves that they're not gay and end up getting married and having kids, um, a lot of the reason for that is because they didn't feel comfortable enough to reach out to somebody and express 
how they felt or who they are. You know what I mean? Like they're stuck in this, this city or town, you know, village, whatever. (laughs) Um, and, and they can't express those things to people, you know? Um, and the Trevor project is really good for that. If you don't feel like you've got anyone to talk to. Exactly. And, um, I think that even going online and reaching out to people is helpful too. Like there are, there are, hotlines for lgbtqia plus youth um there are there, there's just lots of resources i think that people don't realize that are out there and i think any i mean i would say a good 85 90 percent of lgbtq plus people out there if you just reach out to them directly and say hey you know i'm going through this you know they're going to talk to you about the experience they know especially if they come from rural areas like us that you know kids sometimes don't have someone to reach out to. So I think that's important. Just, you know, reach out online, like you said. Yeah. And I feel like that more so is a lot more important, um, now because, um, I think, you know, that mindset is kind of changing, um, about gay people and gay culture and whatnot. Um, I saw a video on TikTok of these two boys in high school that were like dating and kissing and cuddling and whatever. And I loved that, you know, like it just made me happy that like they were able to do that and that they had a safe and comfortable and well, I don't really know, but I'm, I'm assuming that they have a a safe and comfortable enough um, home life and, and like an environment that they are able to like have a boyfriend at their age, you know? And like, like that's something that I wish that I could have had, you know, I mean, had it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree. Um, what is the last don't? That's kind of cheesy. We love, we love cheesy on this show. I, I, I just, <laughs> I just don't, I just think that you shouldn't have any reason to not express yourself the way that you want to. You know, I think that, like, gender norms are becoming, like, super, like, fluid and mixed, and I love that. Um, I I think, you know, this goes for all people, really. I mean, it's just, just don't be afraid to be who you want to be and who you are, like. No matter what that is. Right. I mean, I mean you're gonna... just, you're just wasting, you're wasting your breath and your time trying to be something you're not, and, um it's not going to serve you in any way. Um, you're not going to be happy. Um, and people aren't, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're just not going to be happy people and, and people aren't going to want to like, I feel like people engage with people that are confident in themselves and not to say that people don't, you know, want to help people out that are not confident in themselves, but you know, when you see a gay man in your city, I mean, you're wherever you're from, at a, if you were to at a bar and like, like you'd want to go say hi to him. Like you'd want to, like if he was like, you know, obviously gay, like if you, you know, and you knew it and I mean, you'd want to, you'd want to connect with him and you'd, and you'd want to be his friend and um, you'd want to reach out to him, you know, because he's like having that same experience as you are. And it's like, you're the right. only other gay man there. So it's right. like, great. Like someone else is here. Someone can save me, you know? Yeah. Um, so just don't be afraid to express yourself 
whether that be with your clothing or your hair or your piercings or your painted fingernails or whatever sexuality just be a freak i mean just do it i mean i don't know and the one thing i will (laughs) you know coming from a rural area a lot of times i think you know you get a false perception of as we mentioned earlier you know guys in speedos at pride that's that's what gay was you know uh so it's also okay to not be you know gender fluid or you know it's also okay to not be those things if that's not what you are right uh, so don't feel pressured into, you know, going down a path that's not you just because it's the new, you know, thing that's accepted in LGBTQ plus culture. Uh, I'm not be saying respectful don't, of it. I'm not saying don't give it a try if, if that's what you like or if that's what you want to you, you're contemplating. But uh, definitely always feel comfortable, you know, regardless of where you are on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go into the final question. Uh, we do a segment called the pot of gold question because there's a pot of gold at the end of every rainbow mm-hmm. and it's where you get to ask me one question and I get to ask you one final question. Okay. And it can be anything you want. Anything I want. So with all of this, where do you see this going? Where do you see this? Uh, like, what do you see? Like, I know you're probably really happy yeah. with it now, but like, like, what is like your fine? What is your big, your main goal? What is your final destination? Like, um, yeah, I would say, in terms of weathering rainbows, the reason why we started the show was to really get a good feel of you know people that grew up in rural environments, and to learn what we missed growing yeah, up right. as children. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, it's about discovering those things and inventing a lot of the things that we wish we'd have had so like for instance in this show specifically i thought about the fact that we need to have some sort of either app or something to where gay high school kids can connect more directly with appropriate aged people Mm -hmm. Uh, and that you know people that are not of appropriate age cannot get on those apps so it's it's things like that that i think we're going to discover and i think that's what we're going to branch out in eventually awesome um as far as the show goes i mean we've (laughs) we've got some awesome guests Mm -hmm. and I think it's really going to grow. We're starting to get a lot of uh, people in the podcast world that's been really helpful, awesome, uh, et cetera. So, and one day we want to buy that castle in Lexington, <laughs> and we want to fly a big old rainbow flag above it. So that's the that's the that's the <laughs> ultimate goal. So well, cool. you know, I just think at that point, you know, if if gay kids in Kentucky or anywhere in the Bible Belt sees, you know, that there's a castle with a huge rainbow flag above it, like that's the point in which they're like, well, they're going to know. Okay. Yeah, you're going to be like, wow, yeah. Well, William, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, it's been good. Getting it's been to know fun. all these things. It's I, I've really related to a lot of what you've said because I'm from this area as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a pleasure talking to you. A huge thank you to William Rodenberg for that deep interview full of relevant advice as well as for our wonderful logo design. Uh, Thank you so much for creating that for us. We really love it. Uh, It's perfect for what we do. Uh, For today's Sunset Clarity segment, I wanted to pass on a short piece of advice uh, that if followed, I think would make the world a much less scary place. Uh, I believe it's pivotal advice to maintain happy relationships, uh, whether that is an intimate romantic one or a simple acquaintance, especially Uh, This could be used in times of conflict, such as breakups or societal disagreements, uh, because in those times we should definitely be watching our words and interactions. 
something I try to remember is to pass my words through what I call the four gates of speech. Um, and I got this advice from an old talk show called What's Your Problem that aired from like 1967 to the mid-1990s. And the host, Bernard Meltzer, uh, he said, whenever you go to speak, you should pass your uh, speech through four quick questions. And those are, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And is it helpful? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then probably consider whether it should be left unsaid. Today, we also have to consider not just what we say, but what we do not say. With social media interactions, a lack of a response can be just as hurtful to others as har and harmful to our own reputation. A lot of times, when we do not respond to others or comment on an important situation, it isn't due to not having time, but if we are honest, it is due to avoidance or fear of social awkwardness or personal annoyance. Dealing with social media interactions, perhaps we can make two simple etiquette rules uh, when it comes to compliments and proposed opportunities. The first, I would say, is when someone compliments you, always make sure to acknowledge it and say thank you, at least for the first compliment. The second uh, deals with proposed opportunities. And I would say that when someone offers you an opportunity, uh, whether that's a business opportunity or a date or anything like that, uh, get back to them in a reasonable time with a polite, you know, yes, no, or I need more time to think about it. Uh, just a response can kind of help them uh, set their nerves at ease. And, 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 you know, I think that's important for us to be friendly to other people and to respond in that sort of way. Uh, obviously, we can't go into all the etiquettes of social media um, because a lot of those are still being defined today. Uh, you know, what is appropriate whenever you say you are a quasi-celebrity and get all kinds of messages every day? Obviously, you can't respond to all of those. Um, but I do think it's important, at least for those that can, uh, to kind of follow these etiquette rules on compliments and proposed opportunities. Uh, so I hope this has helped you a little bit today and, and can encourage you to do your part uh, to make the world a bit friendlier and a lot less emotionally painful to others. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to come on back now. I know we all love a little vibration, so if you are not already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh to get you through those dark and stormy nights, holler on out to us at weatheringrainbows.com where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up. Be true to yourself and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow always touch your shoulders.